It's our wrap of the top business stories and uh, we're taking a look at uh, some of these uh, with the founder and the chief investment officer at Makwe uh, Investment Managers and that is uh, Makwe Masilela. Makwe, good evening to you and uh, welcome. Thank you, bro. How are you? Sharp uh, good evening it? to the listeners. Sharp it? Uh, good, my brother. Good, 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 good. Seems a lot of news coming out of the PIC of late. I mean, we heard the appointment of the former uh, principal at the GEPF, Abel Sitole, as the uh, new CEO at uh, Africa's largest fund manager. And today, uh, they're also suggesting that uh, they're considering uh, converting the 90 billion rand uh, worth in bonds that they hold from ESCOM uh, into some equity. And uh, I'm asking myself, in a debt stock of 450 billion rand, uh, what is, I guess, a 90 billion rand uh, a swap of that debt into equity going to mean for the balance sheet of ESCOM and I guess uh, some of the debt challenges that they've been faced with? Yeah, I think it's going to make a huge difference and maybe we need to start by saying this is long overdue. Mm. This is something that we've proposed long time ago that since we are struggling, one of the things that we have to do and hence we were disappointed with the CEO last time when he, he said that he's not in a hurry you know, to start uh, reducing debt and we are saying, you know, that is one of those things on your financials that is putting a strain on you. But yes, environment allows you that you can go and renegotiate. Interest rates around the world are so low. Even uh, look, even at FAA, they're looking at trying to renegotiate their repayments to try to extend it. But yeah, that guys, the guys will be left with plus minus if we do the math. 360 billion on debt, and I think at some point Eskom mentioned that they will be able to survive with debt of around 200 billion. So it means now they only have an issue with plus minus 160. So it's not an issue of wiping out the full, the full 450, mm. but for the fact that the guys die happy to survive with around 200 million. So 160, they can maybe go and yeah. negotiate with the other guys, but. It's long, long overdue. And I think these are some of the changes that one will continue to see and expect mm. from Abel because Mr. Stoll, one of the things that he's been advocating does also increasing their foreign investments, yes. you know, compared to the current quantum. So I think it's about time I and we hope because this is still at the top level. This is still a proposal that they get to accept because remember when you exchange that that into equity. I mean, as an equity holder, then I've got the right to sit on the board. Mm. I've got the right to appoint directors, you know, to see and get informed in, informed about how the company is going to be run. But the question is, an equity holder, it means, what is your return? You should be getting some dividends. So that's another thing that we look into because now... Dividends and ESCOM in the same sentence. Exactly, because now, <laughs> remember, it's that. Yeah, because as bondholders, they were paid, paid a coupon, you know, Yes, so they were, yeah. That, yeah, that was an income to the PIC. So now if you convert all that now into equity, so you've got shares in there, so what are you going to end? Yeah. You should get something. Because remember, as a shareholder, the only way you make money, that's when the share price goes up. And also when Capital the company... Yeah, yeah or, or, or when the, the company declares dividends. I mean, how else do you make money? I, let's hope because I guess the uh, many members of the GEPF who invest their money with the PIC are in it for the long game, that uh, they'll be willing to wait for as long as it'll take for ESCOM to declare dividends. But, I mean, I'm just happy, I'm just happy, Markwe, that uh, for the first time in a very long time that uh, we get to speak about ESCOM's balance sheet uh, on terms about reducing this or that uh, rather than, uh, you know, what we've often had to speak about.
Yeah, and I think the other ones follow suit, you know, especially as compensation fund sales, you know. Mm. I mean, they're trying to save their jobs because they don't look at, hey, I mean, this is a compensation fund that should also be taking a lead. I mean, they've got a huge loan book. I, yeah. the, 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 I mean, if we check their home loan book, it's just so big. They need to start selling stuff like that mm. and maybe invest that money into ESCOM itself because okay. it cannot only be the government employees right. who are trying to save. Pause there. Let's pause there, Mark, where we continue on the other side of this brief break and we'll take a look at Glencore. Eight minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our wrap of the top business stories, and I'm joined by a chief investment officer and uh, uh, founder at Markwe Fund Managers, and that's Markwe Masilela. Markwe, Glencore. Now, it seems there's a grouping uh, here that, uh, I guess, in line with uh, what you guys call this environmental, social, and governance, ESG, uh, that is pushing for uh, chairman of Glencore PLC, Tony Haywood, to be unseated here on the back of his very dismal environmental track record and uh, some of this having to do uh, of course with his own handling of that uh, deep water horizon oil spill in the gulf of mexico about 10 years ago let's maybe talk about this i guess and and the growing importance of esg because we also know that the company we just spoke about uh, before we went to the break escom is also finding itself in a situation where it's having to respond uh, to i guess um, the ecological impact that uh, its production of electricity from coal continues to have yeah, I mean, it continues to be a big issue, you know. As investors, we just used to look at the fundamentals of the company. That, oh, okay, the return's going to be good, then we invest in it. But yes, now we stand because of global warming. We have to be mindful of other things. And ESG continues to be one of those things. And that's after the United Nations introduced and people signed on to it to make sure that they do what they call responsible investing. So those people are not out of tune. What they're demanding is right. Hence, you can even hear companies now lately complaining that they're not going to be financing stuff like coal stuff because that thing is not good for, 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 for our environment. But yeah, the guy has always been in trouble because even when the guy was appointed, remember he was acting in 2014, mm. you had a huge institutional investor which sold all their investment in Clanco because they were not happy with his appointment and they were saying they need someone as an outsider. But remember, the guy has his state, his term, I think it's supposed to be nine years. Mm. And according to the UK governance issues, nine years, that's it. But yeah. now, but also I'm no one's independent state. after nine years. I mean, Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> you're already part of the furniture. And it's a good argument. And I think it's something that we also can look at, you know. And also the fact that there is now about the, when he was still the CEO of BP, that the track record is not so good. Mm. But the guy from day one... He just had some issues. I mean, he even had some investors then demanding to have a meeting with the big guys. But, yeah, I think they just have to allow him to go. I don't think the current management does so correct mm. in city that because we've got corruption investigations, we've got a lot of leadership changes, then the guy must stay. I mean, anyone can still uh, chair that company, even through the corruption investigations that they're going through for me. It's not a solid reason for him to continue to stay. So let's see how it pans out. Hopefully they get the necessary votes to be able to vote him out. Mark, mm. just why are we talking about polluters here? I mean, let's talk about our own biggest polluter here, ESCOM. Now, yeah. uh, you know, they, I guess, were supposed to as part of, uh, uh, you know, a... Um, their transition, I guess we often talk about this just transition in the case and in the case of ESCOM, trying to retrofit some of their 
uh, coal-fired power stations to be less, I guess, um, less emitting, if I can use that that language. Um, mm. I, mean, I mean, what's your view as the marketplace and uh, people in the fund management community about, uh, firstly, the ability of this large, massive company, massive polluter, uh, to, one, retrofit some of these plants, which we know have been subject to massive cost overruns. They've you know, been in the build process for, for as long as I can remember. Uh, and yet, and then you add a layer of complexity about retrofitting, uh, you know, uh, things that can reduce their emissions, and that adds another, uh, I guess, round of complexity here. What's your view as the market? And more importantly, if if ESCOM doesn't do this, uh, what are the implications, uh, especially in relation to the envir- uh, Environmental Affairs Department, but also in terms of some of their bond covenants? Uh, you, you know, the implications we already know that they are not looking okay because, unfortunately. Global warming is here. The environment is going to be damaged. Hence, people are moving to insist that please do something so that you can start polluting less. But you know what we have realized is that when you get a certain lobby group pushing for a certain narrative, but from it there's already money to back that up. Mm. And ESCOM won't struggle to go and borrow. That's the unfortunate thing. And we just talked about their debt now yes. because people will definitely make sure you know, you'll get the World Bank coming on board, you'll get some green funds coming mm. on board to give them the money to, to be able to do that. So now you ask yourself that the guys will go back into that because even we know banks, you know, some of them have decided yeah. local and international that you're no longer going to be funding coal anymore. Mm, so mean, you can know, just see banks where the that, money is going. So you can see where the money is going. And it's just unfortunate. I mean, ESCOM relies on coal and they supply 95% of our energy. But should they decide to go that way, definitely ESCOM is not mm. going to have an issue to raise the necessary debt yeah. to be able to retrofit. And I guess when you're that massive and uh, too big to fail, uh, you know, uh, there's always lenders of last resort waiting in the wings to give you some money. Um, so um, I guess... Uh, money has to work for yeah, them. Yeah, bro, I mean, very few companies can, can say that. I mean, even some of the bigger guys in the private sector can't say that, uh, uh, you know, they, they finance or, or supply about 90% of our electricity needs. But let's shift to retail, Mark. We're now... Mr. Price, uh, you know, a few weeks ago went to the marketplace and said they're looking to boost their firepower and uh, in anticipation that there will be some consolidation that happens, uh, you know, after um, uh, uh, after this COVID-19 crisis in the retail sector, which might mean they can come in and buy up a few uh, uh, a few of their competitors and maybe uh, uh, companies that would be able to add value to the stable. Um, now, a lot, of, a lot of us would have thought that uh, they might be eyeing Jet. I mean, they, they play in the same segment and I think... Uh, you know, uh, that would really be a synergistic acquisition. But they've said no. Yeah, and I think it makes sense then, you know. I mean, if you're looking to raise almost 3.3 billion, and then you need to go ahead and acquire some companies, and especially at good value, because we know, as you said, most companies are going to be cheap. Others, they will just be forced to close because they couldn't survive the COVID-19 lockdown, or even the uncertainty when it comes to the economic growth of the future thereof. So it just makes sense for people to start speculating that, okay, you know, the easy target is jet, because anywhere jet is struggling, anywhere jet is under business rescue, anywhere Edcon has already sold the life of CNA, so it's not going to become as a, it's not going to come as a surprise if they also decide to sell jet, because we know that for Edcon to continue to survive, definitely they have to sell some of the assets, and it's not just going to be a nice fit, especially if you look at what the jet offers and what Mr. Price offers, you know. It's more or less within the same range, not exactly, but more or less they talk to each other. It's just going to be a natural fit. 
But thanks to Mr. Price, you know, for saying, guys, stop wasting your thinking and unnecessary reasoning. This is not going to be the issue. So we can start thinking about other things. But yeah, I think maybe it's worth looking at, to be honest. Mm. But yeah, 3.3 billion, who else can you acquire unless you're talking about your known name brand? Because everybody around has been acquired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mark, I saw that you had a clean shave in Chiscop, and I'm wondering, like, where, where, when did you get a chance to go? Uh, to Hate over there to go and, and Kunda, you. I'm trying to understand. What's that long, Mark? What's that long? It's not a cheesecake, bro. I'm bald, bro. Tell us what, bro. It's not a cheesecake. Or maybe Kimi Nora. We don't know. <laughs> maybe Kimi Nora. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, let's leave it there, brother. We're going to be picking up that story of uh, beauty and care.